Hi, it's Jamie. Hi, it's Jana. And welcome to episode two of Imperial Hearts. What are we going to talk about? Today we're going to talk about Age of Rebellion, which is Star Wars role-playing game by Fantasy Flight. Yeah, we bought the beginner's box and we played some of it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, it's like, I feel like it's like the morning after. Mm-hmm. We're just like, kind of like, lying in bed and it's like, so, how was, how was last night? Was it for you? <laughs> and like, I'm, you know, we're both like, it was terrible, we don't want to say it was terrible. Right, yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm just gonna get my clothes and go home now. I'll the, call you. I'll totally call you. The Age of Rebellion Age walk of, re- of shame. <laughs> Age of Rebellion. Yeah, it's like if, if this was like a video review, we would have like, I'd be sitting in bed next to Age of Rebellion. Right. Smoking a cigarette. And then I would just be like, how was it for you? And okay, bye. See you. And then Age of Re- zooms in on Age of Rebellion. And Age of Rebellion looks really lonely and it's playing really sad music. Yeah. Age of Rebellion wanted to impress us. It was terrible. It wasn't <clears throat> terrible. Um, it it was just I don't think it was not the RPG we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that was an obvious. That was an obvious place to go. Are we gonna? Yeah. Is this gonna be a? Are we gonna do like Star Wars jokes? Is this it's gonna a, be a part it, of the podcast? It's a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> gonna be those people. Kay. I guess so. Yeah. I don't think it was inherently terrible. I think it just we're the wrong demographic for that for that RPG. Yeah, I think so. So, what was your main uh, sort of impression then? You were GMing. Yeah, so I ran the game, um, and it's that it's like a box that contains simple rules where it's like cheaper than the. Uh, we bought it because we didn't want to buy the eighty dollar book. Yeah. Before we had gotten a chance to try it out. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of like a tutorial mission, and it comes with some pre-gen characters, and it's like an RPG in a box, Mm -hmm. I guess. And because we play Imperial Assault first, uh, we found that it's sort of like a more overcomplicated version of Imperial Assault. Um... Yeah, with no miniatures, or... With no miniatures, um, yeah, so... Yeah, the, it comes with like tokens. Yeah, and the map was really nice. Like the pieces are the quality you expect from any fantasy flight product. Like all the art yeah. is nice. The map was nice. The dice are are super nicely designed and and really cute. Um, but I think our problem with it was mostly that um, we complained like either the rules are too complicated for combat, and they're like they it just you alluded to you want your pure combat system to be streamlined and fun or you want a more yeah. simplified storytelling system but don't combine them. I'm a fan of extremes so I want if I'm going to play a role-playing game I want it to be more of a storytelling game and not be focused on combat mm-hmm. and if I'm playing a tactical combat game I, I kind of want it can have role-playing elements to it mm-hmm. but but I don't it's like I don't like I I spent fucking like ten years of my life playing D and D, so yeah. so like I I kind of like done with that I guess. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That I think <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that system. There's it, nothing wrong with it. If you're if you want if you are I was saying like I think the audience for this is like you and your friends really like Star Wars. Yeah. 
and you maybe you're playing Pathfinder or D&D. Um, and then this is, I think it's an equally good system if you're looking for that style of play. Mm-hmm. Although I would say like even like 5th edition D&D I think is a better system than this one. Yeah, and, and it's just like I guess for the average group you're not going to take the time to um, flavor a 5th edition D&D game. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's pre-made for you. Yeah, if yeah. you want to play a Star Wars RPG that's sort of a similar level of complexity to D&D or Pathfinder, then this is what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, we're reviewing the beginner box. We're not mm-hmm. reviewing yeah. the whole game. So maybe the whole game is actually more interesting, but... I, I would suspect it's more of the same. It's probably more of the same and just, like, expands upon it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that we... That's not what we were looking for. No. So it, it wasn't... The tutorial mission is not super thrilling. There's not a lot of, you know, <laughs> characters to meet. There's a couple of characters, but... I like the droid. Yeah, that's, like, the character. There's only... Like, there's a there's a droid you can make friends with, and mm-hmm. that's, like, my favorite part. Um, but, yeah, other than that... So we, we won't be buying the $80 book. We will not, and we're probably going to put this one on eBay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I like... It's, like, in theory, I think custom dice could be really cool, mm-hmm. but I found that... They just didn't, they weren't as intuitive as I wanted them, like, okay, oh yeah, here's, so here's what it is. So as a GM, I like to make shit up a lot. I like to be like, you know, you guys are like, I want to do this crazy thing. And then I'm like, okay, roll a 15, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, where with this system, I guess it wasn't as easy to do that. Um, It's, anyway, it's just like, I, I think for our group, it wasn't. The solution we wanted. Yeah. And I think, you know, it might become more intuitive the more experience one has with it, but it's like anything. You spend a lot of time learning D&D and Pathfinder and all those, and do you really want to invest in yeah. something that's essentially the equivalent, but something new? It's, well, we exactly. try something different instead. Something more storytelling focused, something less um, sort of finicky with the skill checks, and there's like constant you know, dice rolling and stuff. Maybe we want to do something a little more. Our group is relatively experienced, especially me and you. And, and uh, yeah, and we, just, Justin has a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Or not, I don't know how much, but... Um, and we're a much more cinematic storytelling kind of group than we are than some people. Like, if, if, you're, if you're not comfortable with that kind of improv of what if, what does your character do and how can you narrate it in a way that sort of makes an interesting story, then I think you would be inherently more comfortable with a list of skills that you might be able to apply yeah, at, I think, at any... I think that might be it. There's just, like, a lot of skills, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, anyway. So, so yeah, the consensus for our group was that um, basically everyone liked Imperial Assault. Yep. And the only thing we might change is we might actually add more custom rules to Imperial Assault to make it slightly more of a role-playing game. Yeah, we want to have... Um, because we were able to actually do a lot of role playing, even within its limit. It's very limited. Yeah. <laughs> it's not intended for you to role play. It's not a role playing game, but that's kind of why we were able to make it a role playing game. Yeah. Because there weren't any like we were just able to improv everything. Yeah, and the combat rules are not overly complicated, so you there's like no. a lot of freedom within that simplicity. And uh, for our group, 
that was really that really worked into what we were looking for. Yeah. So what I was actually thinking is I might like whatever system I come up with, I might actually post it on the site so that anyone can sort of see what we did. That makes sense. Because um, I have a few ideas in mind for what I want to do. Um, yeah, so... And do you have any other things you want to talk about about Age of Rebellion? No, we didn't really get that far in before we realized that it, it just <coughs> really wasn't what we were looking for and that everyone would have sort of rathered the more fast-paced excitement of Imperial Assault. Yeah. Uh, and the freedom of the role-playing. I don't know, it, it's hard to describe why. It's because there's no rules for it in Imperial Assault, so you can just sort of go with... Uh, well, an Imperial Soul is a fun game. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is like, even like I don't like combat in most role playing games, but I like it in Imperial Assault because it's not a role playing game. It's it's yeah. it's like they put their effort into making it a fun game first and not making it a simulation. Um. And anyway, I would still like to play. I think eventually, and this might be with like a second group. I I do want to play, maybe a. A host ruled Star Wars role playing game. So that's sort of something for the future, I guess. Yeah. After we're done with, uh, we'll try our next uh, expansion or two of Imperial Assault. See how that goes. Yeah. Um. So okay, is that we're done talking about Age of Rebellion? I guess. Yeah. Um. So I have some thoughts about X Wing. Yeah, I heard you played some X Wing last. I night. played some X Wing last night. Uh, so that was like my second time. Really, only my second time playing it. Third time, because we played on Thursday. Right, yeah, so... After our last podcast. We talked about that right, too. yeah, we talked about that too. And so, uh, it was really easy to teach another person. Um, so I was playing with um, Robin. Mm -hmm. One of our other gaming group yeah. members. I played Luke, and uh, he, he had R2. And then Robin played... Um, Mahler Mythil and Dark Curse. Okay. And what we found was that, um, like, I took it, I was able to take out uh, Mahler Mythil pretty easily. Um, and then after that, we spent about an hour and a half at a stalemate. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so wow. here, yeah. So here's the thing like, Luke has really high defenses. Yeah. And Dark Curse has pretty good defenses too. So we kept shooting at each other and evading. Oh. And I was just wondering, like, I don't know, um, maybe if, if you, anyone listening to this is also plays X-Wing, if you've experienced something similar, or have you experienced something similar? No, but I mean, I didn't have, um, Luke is a character that I've only played one time. Who's the Luke only is character? really good at evading. Yeah, and uh, R2... Uh, Makes him even better. Yeah, R2 gives him an ability to regenerate his shields. Yeah. Uh, so... Luke, Luke and R2, or R2 with anybody, yeah. is a combination that allows you to regain health, which is kind of a unique ability. So it's really, played it's with, really powerful. Yeah, I'd only played with Luke the one time where we played the 100-point match on Thursday. Yeah. So no, I, I haven't experienced that it was stalemate a, yet. Like, yeah, I think we, we probably were playing that stalemate like with those two ships for about an hour before we were just like... Wow. So we came up with the solution, actually. So... For next time when we're playing, I was saying that maybe with more ships you wouldn't get that kind of stalemate. I don't know. Um, so our solution was to have a timer, 
Um, so let's say we wanted to do an hour game. We would set a timer, and then at the end of the game, whoever has the most whole points left wins. Right. Um, which I think is a good solution. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. We had... Um, and then you and I, right after our last podcast, we were going off to play with all of our new uh, figures that we picked up from the guy. Yeah. And uh, we played a 100-point match each. So you had five ties and I had three x-wings yeah so it was a larger match than we were used to yeah and we played with a, a custom we didn't play a mission an official mission but we did play with a custom um win condition which was that uh, oh yeah it we, su- kind of suggested itself yeah we had um one of the the passenger cards that we found was a rebel captive which was for the imperial character yeah and uh it modified the rebel attack where if you shot on the ship that was holding the rebel captive, you got a stress because the Imperials yeah. had captured a rebel and you didn't want to shoot at them. So we came up with a custom win condition where if the rebels could take out all of the ties except for the one that had the captive, Whisper, yeah. Whisper. Whisper and her tie phantom. Whisper's my favorite character. Huh? Yeah. Holding the, the captive. <laughs> if the rebels could take everyone else out and then take her shields down, then the rebels would win and rescue the yeah. the captive. And uh, they did. Um, but it was, there were heavy losses on both sides. Uh, and that was fun because even if we weren't playing an official mission in a book, we sort of made up our own It's little, really easy to make up your... Yeah, I think yeah. it's, like, super easy to make up your own missions. Yeah, it was really fun <laughs> yeah. to have that. And uh, it wasn't... It didn't seem actually that much more complicated to control that number of ships than no. we, we thought at first it might be with a 100-point game, but... Yeah. It was relatively, uh... It was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. What did you think about playing the X-Wing? So that was your first uh, X-Wing... Uh, you I, on the rebel side. You know, I really like playing next wings because the X wings in general are um, more powerful than yeah, and I think they they have a little bit more. It was cool playing like Luke, yeah. you know, like rather than playing like a character that's sort of like a Tie Fighter pilot. Pretty much, I think for the most part, it's like for the vast majority of the Tie pilots, they're made up characters or no characters at all. Just yeah. Like, You've got Vader is is one of the only sort of recognizable characters who pilots the the ties, whereas the X Wings have a lot of recognizable characters. Yeah. And so you get to you definitely have more of a you can play Poe Dameron, you can play Luke Skywalker, you know, you've got uh, much more character in, in the X Wings. And then there's more freedom in the TIE Fighters to make up characters if that's something that you're into. Yeah, and that's what that's one of the things I like about playing the Imperials is that you can make up your own characters. Yeah, yeah, but you do have to make up your own characters because you don't get an automatic sort of face and a name and a feeling to go with that. Whereas, like, there's something. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. Yeah, what, being able to we when we played on Thursday, uh, the three X wings were uh, Wedge and Luke and Biggs Darklighter, and it was, you know, there's something to be said about the feeling of playing Luke and Biggs and Wedge in their X-Wings against the Empire, so. Yeah, for sure. I like, I like playing the X-Wings a lot. Like, I have so many feelings about how 
the Empire had their really cheap, mass-produced, like, low-quality TIE fighters. They have no hyperdrives. They have no um, ejection seats. They have no life support systems. Yeah, exactly. Or shields. And the First Order TIE fighters all have hyperdrives and shields and parachutes and life support systems for all their pilots. So I have, like, a lot of feelings about how the Empire considered the... The pilots and stormtroopers more disposable than the First Order does because the First Order puts so much, puts like 25 years worth of work into these troops. To training each soldier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're putting a lot of effort and money into individual troops and it sort of shows in the way that they and treat them. like the stormtroopers are conscripts, right? They're like people who they... In the Empire? In the Empire. It's kind of a mix. And there's, like, some of them are clone troopers and stuff, too, still? Yeah, there's, uh, the 501st has a couple of clone troopers. Vader's, like, personal stormtrooper legion. And then there's conscripts, and there's, um, people who join up, too, from the academies. Right. But they just, like, have these vast armies of disposable troopers and pilots. Yeah, and I was, I was, like, thinking, like, I kind of really like that aesthetic for the, it almost reminds me of, like, um... Uh, like Saruman in Lord of the Rings, oh. where he's like mass producing these orcs and like all the weapons are really cheaply made and they're just like, he's making as many troops as possible rather than training each one. Yeah. And the, um, the Empire's money all goes to the Death Star. Yeah, it all goes to this one massive weapon, for sure. And it's, yeah, but it's like even, um, I was also looking at the visual dictionary for the original Star Wars. And, like, it has close-ups of all the weapons. And it's, like, you can tell that it's it's a product of the film budget, right? Like, so everything's kind of scrappy and dirty. But I'm, I don't know if that's necessarily a part of the art direction or just a, a fact of the way they were those movies were produced. Yeah. Oh, well, and think about this. So since then, since the original trilogy, we've had, um, you know, more media... Like, you've got Rebels, which you sometimes see inside the Empire. Yeah. And you've got even um, the books, like Lost Stars, where you see inside the Empire. And you kind of imagine that at the height of the Empire, during sort of the Rebels uh, and sort of Lost Stars era, everything is sort of at its peak. And then everything sort of starts declining by the time you get to, like, the, the Death Star explodes and everything's kind of a mess. And then you just don't have quite everything isn't quite as shiny and new as it used to be. Yeah, it's like getting reused or it's like, yeah. Everything is sort of starting to fall apart by then because you've only got, you know, five to six years left before everything comes crumbling down. Yeah, I just found it really interesting because like there's like everything is really gritty and dirty and like even the like the paneling on the walls and stuff, there's all kinds of like, it's like exposed circuitry and like... Oh, Cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, like, in the Death Star, if you look at the walls, they're all, like, there's, like, dials and buttons, and, like, that, I think that's a product of, like, the sci-fi aesthetic at the time. Yeah. Was, like, a lot of beeping lights and, but, like, like, Darth Vader's, like, little panel on the front of his suit. You'd never do that these days, but that's become a part of that, like, Old Republic, or not Old Republic, whatever you call it. Yeah. What's, whatever that timeline is. Like, yeah. Part of the original trilogy aesthetic is, like, this sort of, like, gas-powered sci-fi like and like even in our our imperial assault campaign like there was a lot of times when you guys were like okay well i'm gonna like i'm gonna like put this information 
you know, I'm going to upload it to the internet. And I was like, there's no internet in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like that there's no internet on, st- yeah. like, like, in, like, the movie's plot relies on the fact that there is no internet. Yeah, you have to get this physical piece of media. You have to get this to, USB stick. Yeah, to another place. Yeah, because yeah, they, they don't have PCs. Yeah, they can't upload it to the... The holonet is more like TV than the internet. Yeah, right. There's no, like, internet. There's, like, broadcasting, but there's no, like, internet equivalent, which makes it a very, like... It makes it more of a fantasy setting. Yeah, because they, they also didn't have internet in the 70s, and I, they just decided not to sort of quite go with that kind of assumption. I don't think they could conceive of it at the time. Yeah, I would have to look at other sci-fi. Because we were watching, um, like, I was watching Blade Runner with someone a couple days ago. And it's the same thing in Blade Runner. Like, there's a lot of times when, like, like, no one has personal computers. There's computers, but each of the computers has a specific function. Yeah. Um, like, Deckard has that machine in his, in his house that, like, enhances photographs, where, like, for us, that would be an that would be a software on your computer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's magical anyway. But uh-huh. but the point is, is like it's interesting to like look at sci-fi that like couldn't conceive of our modern technology. So they have like just advanced analogs of old stuff. And even if you look at the way that data pads are used in the original trilogy compared to the way they use them in the new media, like everybody in there's a whole, a whole bunch of technology in the force awakens that they wouldn't have had in the old one right and they have everybody's got a personal data pad that they're looking at stuff on because in real life everybody's got a personal data pad we're recording on one right now right Um, yeah so that that's just part of our cultural shorthand that makes sense in a way that it didn't in the 70s and 80s yeah it's interesting i'm excited for that yeah, Rogue One looks kind of gritty and dirty too. Not gritty in the Frank Miller Batman sense. Gritty in the everything gets covered in sand and dirt and scuff yeah. marks kind of way. Yeah, it just feels very like analog. Like there's no. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels very like like a World War Two movie. Yeah, I I think that's definitely on purpose. It is on purpose. Yeah. Like especially in the like in the first in like a new hope, like that's what those yeah. dogfights are based on, right? And the um, beach um the beach scene with the uh the walkers in the Rogue One teaser. Right. Yeah, it feels very like, like classic. It feels like, like a war movie, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's it for now. We will probably we should we'll be back soon with our full uh we probably have a two-part review of the base box of imperial assault yeah i think we could do a lot of imperial assault stuff and that's probably what we'll do next yeah okay so enjoy have a See good you guys week. next time bye If you'd like to find more stuff about Star Wars from me and Jamie, you can check out our website at imperialhearts.com or tweet at us at imperial underscore hearts. The music used in this podcast clips from the song Breakfast at Tiffany's by Broke for Free. Thank you for listening to the Imperial Hearts podcast. <laughs>